Good morning, everyone. I think it's our first Sunday back together under our new president and vice president. And we know, Lord, that you are in control today. Our government is not in control, and thank, thank God for that. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we can uh, uh, socially distance and uh, study your word, and we thank you for the blessings that this beautiful passage gives to us. And uh, we just lift up Sylvia now, too, that she heals uh, and is able to come home shortly, and just pray this in your name. Amen. This is just a little story 2,000 years ago, but the conditions that exist today are pretty much the same thing that was going on at that time. We have the same problems. We have class struggles, poverty, brutality, huge political turmoil, and distrust. This one takes place in Jerusalem, but the way that people reacted then would be the same way that people reacted today if it happened in San Francisco, New York, or, or anywhere else in the United States. And I think what this man went through, all of us have gone through similar that he experienced in, the, in this story. Uh, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is Aramaic, is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. So we see, here we see Jesus is on the move, as he always is. He came into the world to save sinners, and he is still available today to save sinners. He just didn't set up a shop in Nazareth and build a church. He's always doing the will of the Father, and he's always on the lookout for somebody that he can save that is willing to come to Jesus. People around the pool then had the same issues today that we see. People were blind in vision, but also blind to Christ. In Isaiah, it says, their eyes are closed, their minds are shut, and they cannot understand. And today, people close their ears, their hearts, their minds, and brains to the gospel message and Christ but they keep all their senses open for virtually anything else they're here. They're paralyzed and deaf, deaf to the saving message of Jesus. So we're at this pool, all kinds of people surround it, all sorts of problems. They're in such sad shape that they just lie around hoping for a miracle to get healed by the pool. From a pool, a worldly solution, not an eternal solution that Jesus offers. It's same as today. Remember that, that scam artist, he's trying to sell living water to people, which they spend a lot of money on. Thousands of dollars are spent on remedies, um, promised drugs, everything under the sun. And most of people's ills 
are kind of self-induced. They're caused by alcohol and drugs, uh, medication abuse, causes addiction, and is rampant. Here's just one of the many solutions offered to people in California, and I love California beaches as much as the next guy, but this place is called Get Clean and Sober at Rise in Malibu. Rise in Malibu has holistic and modern treatment methods that treat your mind, body, and spirit in a beautifully serene and secluded environment. When you enter, you can expect world-class treatment, luxurious accommodations, and a staff that will become an intricate part of your recovery. Treatment includes a doctorate-level primary therapist, a master's-level case manager, a triple board-certified medical doctor, and a psychiatrist. And you know that would wipe out your savings. And as soon as this false environment ends and you go back to where you came from, you know that it's going to start up again, whatever your, whatever your addiction or, or problem was. You know, we got a, uh, a puppy recently. His name is Zion. And there he is. I think you can see him. What a face. What a cutie. And, you know, puppies get into everything. We, Sherry and I were in the backyard the other day. And naturally, he was getting into something he wasn't supposed to. So I would I'd pick him up, give him the old no, put him here. He would run around me, go to the same spot. I'd do it again and again. And he just kept going back to that spot. And Sherry, boy, she hit the nail on the head. She goes, I go, Sherry, he's going right back to where I took him from. He goes, he's just like us. How do you think the Lord feels? And that is so true. We are saved, but we're fighting a battle constantly. We have that sin, sin nature, and we have to stay sharp and alert to avoid slipping back. It's just a lifelong battle. And in this pool... Some of these people, yeah, they're going to feel better from who wouldn't from a hot tub like that. And it's going to be a temporary solution like a Band-Aid. The symptoms of their problems are what they're trying to heal. But Jesus offers a solution that is eternal. He wipes out the root cause of our problems. People are trying to cause to cure their symptoms, like I said. But the root cause of a lot of people's problems is sin. And there's only one thing that can cleanse sin and wipe it out, and that is the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. We know that he does not take away all the pain all the time. We know that from experience. We see it from other people. We know it from the word over and over uh, from Paul, who had the thorn in the flesh that he talked about so much that the Lord um, kept that thorn there. So Paul would be even more reliant on the Lord. So we're back to the pool in verse 5. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Jesus was on his way 
to a festival activity. And he has so much compassion that he saw these, these people just laying around this pool and he was drawn by his compassion to this person. He knew that these people needed to get well. He knows the condition of each one of us. He knew that this guy had been an invalid for 38 years. And Jesus knows how to make this man well, just as he knows how to make us well. All these people packing the pool, hoping that the pool can heal them temporarily, all staring down over and over, day in and day out, at the water in the pool. And Jesus, he had a conversation with them. Of course we know the man wanted to get well. He'd been there probably every day for 38 years. But Jesus wants to interact with us, and he wanted to interact with this man. He wanted this invalid to state his hopeless condition and the fact that he had no other recourse on getting well. He is asking the same to all of us today. Do you want to get well? And that's what I'm, what I'm calling this today. Do you want to get well? It's the same way when we get saved. He could save a whole congregation at once. He could have saved everybody at this pool with the wave of his hand. But that's not the way it works. He wants us to show our hopelessness, admit it, our need to get well. We need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died for our sins and that he can save us. And we have to confess that and admit that we cannot save ourselves like so many people have tried to do. And we need to repent and accept him as our Lord and Savior. Confess that he's the only one that can get us out of this hopeless, dead-end condition. He wants to interact with us every single day, just as he interacted with this man. Jenny sang a beautiful song, He's so real to me when he's by my side. And that's what he wants out of us. We don't want to forget about him. We want to be at his side. He is real to us. He wants us to walk with him in our prayer life, our daily walk. You know, when you walk with somebody, you have a conversation. How, how would you like to walk with somebody who the only time the other person said anything was, I want this, this, and this? And we are capable of doing that sometimes when we pray. We have a, you know, a, a wish list. But he wants us to have that conversation with them at all times. So this man told Jesus that he was hopeless, desperate, and he's in a horrible condition. In verse 7, it says, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Pretty, pretty hopeless. In Mr. Ironside's commentary, he says this pool was a natural spring, and the spring would bubble up from time to time. And these people believed that whoever got in the pool when the bubbles came, that person would be healed. Same thing happens today. People look all over the place 
to, to fix their helpless condition. Anything that man can dream up, they try. And in that pool, everybody was every man for himself. And this guy was probably the weakest one there. Pretty hopeless. And the strongest would always get in the pool before he did, when the bo bubbling water came up, leaving him completely helpless, probably frustrated with no recourse. But by the grace of God, Jesus was there right next to him. So now he is not helpless. He's totally helped. The helper and the healer were right next to him. Just like Jesus is near to us today and his offer is available to those who seek him out and believe him. For everybody who really wants to be healed, not just to cure any aches and pains, he wants to heal us for eternity. His grace and offer is available at all times. So why did Jesus select this particular man? He had been there for years and years. Probably nobody was there longer than he was. He was in Jerusalem, too, in this big city. And he may have been there his whole life because he couldn't, he was not mobile. He couldn't come from another city to get there. So he may have been wealthy. It's the big city, the rich city. He might have spent every penny he had trying to cure himself with doctors and medicines and procedures, and they all failed. And everybody at that pool must have known this guy and seen him over and over and knew what his disability was. He probably tried in vain for years and years to get close to that water and get in, stumbling, falling over unsuccessfully, in pain. He was betting on a long shot and he had no chance. Somebody always beat him into the pool. He was hopeless. But it was by the grace of God that Jesus selected this man. Verse 8 says, Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. By healing and saving this very disabled man, it was a great example, an awesome miracle of Jesus' power, and he brought extreme glory to God. This, this wasn't a man who had just come in two or three days and was not known, his, his condition. It wasn't somebody there that was just in the area that just went to the pool for a, to get wet one day or to cool off. And as is so often the case, Jesus picked the weakest, the lowest, the most frail person to use and work his power through. This made his miracle even bigger to the surrounding witnesses, <clears throat> and he left no doubt about his healing power. Nobody could dispute that this man was healed. Here's some familiar names, baseball, football, and basketball. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Johnny Cueto, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Nick Boza. All strong young men in the best condition, superb athletes. They all were hurt within the last year, year and a half or so, and they all missed their whole seasons. They went through excruciating rehab. It takes a year when one of these athletes gets hurt to come back and play again, if they even 
get to that level. They're slow, they use parallel bars, braces, and they have to retrain all their muscles and get all the, their motion, full range of motion. Compare that recovery to the recovery of this invalid. Jesus didn't say, get up slowly, take it easy, you haven't been on your feet in years, or he didn't ask a neighboring person to help the man get up. He had to be weak as a kitten. He had no movement in his legs for years. But he, he popped up at once, and he also was able to bend down and pick up his mat and lift it, using muscles he hasn't used in his whole life, but he had the flexibility and the muscles of a young man. He had immediate strength, the verse says at once, not the normal physical therapy used today. He could walk perfectly, not gingerly. He was completely healed at once. And a lot of these people probably got temporary relief from the pool. But this miracle showed it was Jesus and only Jesus that healed this man because he was not even in the water. And Jesus didn't have anybody assist him to go in the water because say he, he was in the water and then Jesus did the miracle. They would have, they would have mocked him and said, oh, the, the spring healed him. The water did. It wasn't you, Jesus. So the pool had nothing to do with it. Jesus doesn't need any man-made things or any natural phenomenon to heal anybody. It's just the power of God. Jesus is the living water, not that pool in Bethesda. Oh, go, oh boy, here we go. Look what happens now in verse 10. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath, the Lord forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? Talk about majoring on the minor. They didn't say, who, who's this fellow? That's a miracle, it's amazing. I want to meet this man. I can't believe he just healed you like that. All they were concerned with was that he committed this infraction, lifting his mat on the Sabbath. Even the fact that he was healed did not even interest him. It was all about carrying the mat. Ridiculous. They didn't ask him anything about helping themselves out or helping others or healing others. They wanted to nothing to do with it. They wanted to locate Jesus and punish him as well for his infraction. And we see this several times in the Bible. They wanted to protect their position and authority and stop this Jesus healing because their popularity would diminish as Jesus' message spread. As the saying goes, they didn't want Jesus to upset the apple cart. People are so short-sighted. 
I've had three stories that where the same thing happened. I'll just mention one or two. Remember in that, uh, that demoniac story, this man was demon-possessed, um, chained. He hung out in the tombs. He would break free from the chains, scare everybody in the town to death. And Jesus came. He spoke to the demons in the man. The demons talked and fled, and Jesus put him in the pigs, which went off the cliff into the water and all died. Same thing happened. You would think that the town would be grateful that Jesus rid the town of this demoniac who was causing nothing but havoc. But what did they do? They said, get Jesus out of here. We don't want any part of him. They were just concerned that they lost their assets of the pigs. They wanted Jesus out of there. And just once more, remember the silversmith. Uh, Paul was preaching of the folly of man worshiping idols instead of God. And it was endangering this, this town's employment because they were silversmiths and there's good money in making silver idols. So they went out to get Paul, who had went to another area, and they arrested, arrested all his companions and seized them. Again, they didn't want to hear about the saving message of the gospel. They just wanted the status quo, selling their idols, useless idols. And it's kind of the same when people today, if you share what Christ has done in your life, they're not too interested. You might say, that's good for you, it's not good for me. They don't want to hear about healing sins, um, healing souls, and having a potential eternity with Christ in heaven. They're blinded to the light. They don't really want to get well. They're, they think they're okay where they're at. And today we have this thing now, it's a new buzzword, and this is what happens to the gospel this particular group of people, they want to cancel things. If they don't like what happened, they want to cancel it. They want to cancel a great deal of our history in the United States. Just get rid of it. It never happened. It's called the cancel culture. And many want to cancel the gospel. You can't cancel the gospel. It's going to spread despite what people try to snuff it out. That's been tried before. It's, you're never going to cancel out the gospel. Verse 13, the man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. This man did the right thing exactly. He went straight to the temple to pray and worship God. Remember the healer and worship him. He realized how his life was changed. He didn't say, oh man, I feel good. I'm going to rest at this pool for a while. He immediately went another way right to the temple. He was thankful. It's like us. When we're saved, we go in a completely new direction. 
we have a new life or a new creation and he wants us to walk with him and he says stop he told the guy to stop sinning he knows this man's past the past may have even caused him the problem he had we don't know but he said stop sinning and that's what jesus tells us today or it could be worse this man took the blessing and praised the blesser amen for him and then in verse 15 he actually walks with the lord he said the man went away and told the jewish leaders that it was jesus who had made him well unlike all those lepers the nine lepers remember when jesus said where are they couldn't find him this man was not scared of the jewish leader leaders he doesn't worried about any punitive action they were going to take he went right to him and he said jesus did this to me that is pretty bold and it shows how the word had already progressed for somebody either at that pool or somehow told this man it was jesus because the word had already spread the people that at the uh, the pool were already spreading the healing power of jesus that was just that was just great when we are saved we have that new walk we're a new creation we have a, a large responsibility we're representing christ we have to live a completely different life we have to walk in the light and follow jesus and live to that higher standard as this this guy as he did he was a great example for everybody in that in that area how is anybody going to make a good impact for christ if if somebody gets saved and goes along doing pretty much the exact same thing no change no visible difference why would i be interested in that this is the same person that this person was for the last few years i don't see any change that is no good the other thing this did as soon as this happened it kind of changed the trajectory of christ i mean christ was going to do his will the father's will all the time which he always does but from here on in those jewish leaders were completely incensed and they wanted to kill jesus everything turned and they wanted to seek him out and kill him and today jesus is ready willing and able to heal anyone who wants to get really well just for eternity not just to get over you know our physical things that we all have some have many worse than others but he will heal us for eternity i've been talking all about individuals but more than that something else needs to be made well today and as our new president said and that is our country we know that the politicians are not going to make us well but christ can do it he's only been in there two three days and we still see the same fighting people in portland they don't want biden or trump i can't figure out what exactly they are protesting but it's always we're always going to have turmoil like dean said it seems like the lord is getting closer and closer to coming 
And what we saw at the Capitol a few couple weeks ago, and just the desecration to that building that we love, and the death of people that never should have occurred, trying to keep people out of there, or just, it was one of the saddest days to me in our country's history, as many have said. You know, after 9-11, the Trade Center and the Pentagon, I always wondered what, where the next attack was going to be on our American institutions. And I never dreamed that the attack would come from other Americans. It was just a, such a sad day. Our land, our people, our country need healing, and our land needs healing more than ever. And I think, I think everybody has used this verse in the last year because it always applies, because there's always problems. You, most of us have probably memorized it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Wouldn't that be incredible if, if everybody did that? And you know, if you have a chance on YouTube, the Gaithers do a song, it's recorded live and it's a good song. It, you might want to listen to it. It's about this man. And the song is called, Do You Want to Be Well? And here's, here's the lyrics for the song. It says, Waiting there for 38 years, cried so long he ran out of tears. Just a worn out man looking for a healing hand. Then one day his chance came along. A healing man who can make him strong and caught his eyes but his question took him by surprise. Ever tried to fix yourself? And every time you got up, you fell. And you wallowed there, drowning in your own despair. Have you gotten used to the chains? Are you so attached to the pain you're afraid to part? Then ask the man for a brand new heart. And that's, I won't do the chorus, but... It's, and that's what we all have to do. And Jesus is the one that gives us that new heart. Let's just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful story, Lord. We thank you that you are the healer that can heal all of us. Anyone who comes to you, you can heal us for eternity. I do pray for our country today, for our new president, vice president, and, and senate. Um, Regardless of who we all vote for, I'm sure it was mixed like our whole country is, but we are told in your word to pray for our leaders, and that's what we will do uh, until you come back, Lord. We thank you for this time, and, and may uh, this little word just uh, bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen.